Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. All right. We made it to week two. Congratulations. <laughs> Who would have thought it? <laughs> uh, so I just came in from the porch. Um, I love sitting out on our porch in the morning. First thing, it's quiet. Um, it's a great way for me to kind of start off the day slowly and listening and <clears throat> waking up and the thing that really helped me this morning and I'm trying to take this season of coronavirus and staying at home I'm really trying to learn to take just one day at a time which is kind of a I think an overall great way to live just kind of as Paul Young says live in the grace of one day um, so sitting out there on the porch in my swing and listening to the birds and just soaking in nature is a great kind of stabilizer for me because nature continues. The weather patterns continue. The birds are singing. Um, and it was just, it was really comforting to me to listen and know that this is a new day and and we're here and we're breathing and we'll take it one step at a time yeah I think the, by contrast uh, I had my first cup of coffee in the bedroom and uh, I did sit in kind of quiet darkness for a little while but then I hopped on my phone and it's hard to live in the grace of one day once you start that mm -hmm. uh, path because, um, you know, social media is uh, wooing you into the fevered emotional pitch of the arguments of the day. And so rather than kind of getting centered or quiet with uh, nature it's you can really begin your day frazzled and um, finding yourself engaging pretty intense emotion and heavy questions at the outset which of course just sets the table for um, I think probably a harder day than you might have. I don't know if that's true, but um, the questions don't go away, mm -hmm. so they're important to engage, but uh, how we come to them 
is probably pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday I taped, um, so I have a little uh, yoga <clears throat> uh, movement dance studio here in Edenton. And of course, during this season, um, we've transferred to just doing some classes on Zoom or some live Facebook classes. So yesterday I taped one and it was a restorative yoga class. And if you're unfamiliar with restorative, it focuses on kind of deep relaxation, calming things down, slowing things down, and giving your body kind of a break from high stress, high anxiety, which we're all living in to some degree right now. So it was nice to practice that and... Um, and be reminded myself, like all the classes I teach at the studio, I I am such a um, receiver as well. To be in that arena and to talk about those things and to remind myself and appreciate the importance of them. But at the end of the class, I just, I end up saying things that surprise myself sometimes, but I'm so grateful that I get to be there and <laughs> listen to myself say them. It sounds odd, but it's very true. Um, so at the end of this class, I said, hey, we, we are these dynamic human beings that can do so much. We can work, we can play, we can create. Um, we can explore, we can learn and grow and engage the crisis at hand. Um, but oftentimes we leave the rest and the recovery of our bodies and our minds until the very end. And at that point, we've suffered greatly. <laughs> so that all those dynamic things that we were built and are equipped to do we can't do them well because we're depleted. The question that comes to me in this is why, and I'll just speak for myself, um, I suspect some others out there may feel this way though. Why There's almost an addiction, like a moth to the flame, to engage the trouble. Um, it's harder for me to take care of myself and be quiet and contemplate or restore whatever form that might take. Um, it's like an addict in a way, mm. wanting to get into the fray. Um, even though the fray, um, it, it's that strange thing, I guess, of an addict. The fray does bring some kind of release of emotion that I'm craving, but it's not good. <laughs> so uh, it's a real, it's a strange dynamic um, to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a um, behavior analysis or anything, but don't you think that's something to do with like just our creature survival mode mechanism that we like when the adrenaline starts pumping 
we get a little we get excited like we're in the game of survivor <laughs> and that's what the news and the the information coming at us right now so quickly um and even before the corona crisis i think our whole culture was already feeding off this adrenaline kind of routine this heightened sense of kind of crisis mode that we we adapt to be as our norm and then we forget what it's like to come down and and relax and we think that something's wrong or that that's not normal anymore yeah i'm sure there's a lot at work in that personality dynamics uh the culture in which we live there's probably a lot of factors um i've heard of several people talk about this and i'm still trying to process through what it means for me personally and what it could mean for cultures and groups of people but you know when this working through this covid19 crisis is the opportunity to uh, prune some things about our lives and of course pruning is not generally fun but how might this shape us in a positive way mm-hmm. so what are some beneficial things that could potentially come out of it unfortunately i tend to think about what all the the hindrances and the the inconveniences uh, might be on the other side and those are, are probably very real as well but for ourselves to grow as people what are some of those things um that are possible to maybe it it is a more intentional focus on uh, wholeness on taking care of ourselves of not taking uh the simple beautiful things of life for granted um i don't know it's probably going to be different at some level for everybody but um in fact this morning the best thing i happened to read was uh, the daily meditation by richard Rohr, and he has a guest and i forget her name but she was uh, writing about liminal space and it's that that space where you're kind of out of your comfort zone and you're usually forced into liminal space through great suffering. Mm -hmm. So the death of a loved one or or something tragic and we're in that liminal space right now as a world Mm -hmm. and where real change and kind of uh, transformation is possible. Yeah. I was thinking yesterday about um, expectations and how, you know, we all had expectations of what our spring and what our summers and what our this summer coming up and, and the fall, what, what it was going to be like. And we all had plans and routines and, and so that's all changed. and. I wonder um, how 
firmly we hold on to our expectations in general correlates to our suffering <laughs> in the middle of this. Mm. So how, how easily can we let go of our expectations and say, I don't know what it's going to look like and, and eventually come to a place of saying, and it's okay not to know. I think it's incredibly difficult because I I think the expectations by and large and I'm sure I fall into the same category as I want things to kind of go back to the way they were. I want to go back to crowded restaurants and bars and ball games and not that I love crowds but you get my meaning that uh, the freedom to do those things unhindered. Yeah. And it's hard to think about that changing and me being glad about it. But, you know, we don't know what it'll look like. So I think that's part of the pressure that's being exerted upon the world right now. Is, uh, as you said, those expectations are being uh, mangled. <laughs> it makes me think of the uh, Seinfeld episode where uh kramer not kramer um jerry's talking to newman the postman about delivering the mail and he says what do i do you know with these things that say do not bend and newman laughs at him and says that you automatically crumple and wrinkle and (laughs) twist them and uh and that's what's happening to us and our emotions and our expectations right now is uh Mm -hmm. newman the postman has gotten his hands on them and is uh is rendering them (laughs) (laughs) so all the more reason um, to encourage one another yeah because it it could be so easy to I'm all over the map here but uh, Pilgrim's Progress it would be so easy just to uh, set up camp in the slough of despond and uh, let despair be the air we breathe. Yeah. Um, and we have to fight against that because that's the easy path right now. So the little encouragements. I wrote a little bit about this last week. Of uh, Find those things that connect you to the beauty of life, which of course... Uh, in their pure form, I think, are connections with uh, God and um, avail yourselves. I need to avail myself more to those things, music or art or silence, whatever it might be, those things that allow us to um, not escape so much, but to change focus from the pressing uh, difficulties and just change our focus to things that are good about this universe and good about this world. So I don't see it as escape, but a redirection. That's really good, but I'm going to have to open Pandora's box here and push back a little bit because what you said about the the purest form of beauty being connecting with God is not going to fly with people who believe 
God is somehow behind coronavirus or in, or in the mix of producing it and teaching people lessons through it. Yeah, and uh, I, um, I'm looking for the right word. I have so much uh, empathy and sorrow mm. uh, for that perspective because I used to, to have a perspective similar to that, thinking that if I took a misstep, God was out there to either punish me or more along the lines of the way I understood, he didn't do the punishing, but he let his henchman evil or the devil personified, however you want to talk about it, he let his henchman do the dirty work for him, or he just removed himself from being my helper and said, you know, until you do the right thing, I'm not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we that's another, you know, we all have choices to make. Will we avail ourselves to the things that can encourage us we we get to decide that and who we believe God to be is the same way um, we've got the record of the scriptures for and everybody's going to place their own amount of weight on the veracity of those again your decision but for me it comes down to um, that God looks exactly like Jesus um, if you've seen me you've seen the father and Jesus never treated anybody with punishment or disease or death. In fact, he is the one who always bestowed life. Uh, John 10.10, 10, uh, I have come that you may have life. It's the thief that kills and steals and destroys. So differentiating. Uh, so I would just say to anyone out there who's struggling with God and coronavirus, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I know God is not behind this. He suffers with us mm-hmm. through this. He knows what it means to suffer. Uh, he's in the darkness with us. Um, but it would be incredibly difficult to trust God if we think he's trying to cleanse the earth or teach us a lesson um, by inflicting pain and destruction on us. That's I wouldn't want to worship that God either. And so I don't. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that's difficult during any kind of crisis is that it forces people to engage what they believe in all kinds of arenas. What they believe about the world, what they believe about health and wellness, what they believe about community and nation and what they believe about God, like what's the source of all these things and where it's coming from. So in a way, it's a great opportunity for um, for people to think about their theology. What, what do you believe and why do you believe it? Is it because it's what you were told and you've never heard an alternative that's way better? Right, and the other question connected to your first one that immediately is going to be asked and has come to my mind is, okay, well, that's fine. If God's not behind the coronavirus, well, then why didn't he stop it? Mm -hmm. I mean, if he's good, then what's his deal? Yeah. Um, Can he not stop it? 
you know, what, how could he stand by and watch you suffering? And that's an incredibly good question, and I don't have a, really an answer for it, other than I would say, I think he's um, he respects the dignity that we have as um, created free beings, and uh, to for him to step in and intervene and to just change things. Um, Every time things go a bit uh, difficult or uh, bad for us, would not be to allow the freedom of the course of things uh, mm -hmm. to happen. So I know that's probably not satisfactory, but I think it does at least give some uh, level of understanding as to why God just doesn't step in and, and snap his fingers. Of course, if that were going to be the case, why indeed would there be any suffering uh, ever? Yeah. Um, which then, of course, begs the question, well, then uh, how can there be a God if he would allow any suffering? And so those are huge questions, but they're questions, I think, that are being pondered um, as we go through this. As, and so I think you're right. People are having to re-examine mm. um, their idea of God. In fact, I was just speaking to an old friend last night over a Zoom meeting who is doing a radio broadcast in an area that is heavily influenced by um, kind of moralistic theology that came out of the Great Awakening, that um, God will punish you for your sin. And uh, they are really struggling through this uh, coronavirus because um, on the one hand they've been taught that this is that God is uh, meeting out justice and and punishment, but on the other hand, this fellow's radio broadcast is about the grace of God and that He's in fact not behind it but loves us, and He's got quite a. a a group of people that are listening to this broadcast so that's hopeful because people are asking these questions mm -hmm. yeah and I think the the other thing that um, is really helpful during any kind of crisis any kind of confusion of of that brings about this huge question of where's God or why is God doing this to turn your focus to to the the rise of goodness and the rise of compassion and the rise of love for fellow man that's mm. happening all around us. So it's funny to me that people think that's happening in isolation from God because yeah. that's exactly where you find him. That's exactly where he's working. And it's this slow kind of ebb and flow and and inspiration and um and i don't know history well but maybe for the first time in a long time a worldwide surge of that kind of phenomenon of realizing we're actually humans on the same planet and we're suffering together and we're all very similar mm -hmm. gods in that in a powerful way. 
Yeah, and that recognition, it, it's that liminal space, again, that Roar's contributor was talking about, um, where the pressure, we're being squeezed by Newman, the postman, <laughs> and, uh, and it's causing us to reevaluate, you know, we can, this is a, <laughs> another old saying from my past, but I like it, we can flat foot down the road of life, kind of on autopilot, oblivious to what's going on around us. And then these things happen. And this is a big one, man, a huge marker in the in our lives that uh, causes us to re-examine uh, what's important, the big questions of life. And I guess the one thing I would say, and I'm still getting used to this, this has always been a conversation with my wife over coffee, and now I'm aware that it's a conversation with more than just her, but I would just want to encourage you that uh, the questions are worth engaging, and that God is for you, and even if you doubt, um, that's not a black mark against your name in God's book. Um, He's infinitely merciful and patient, and um, you know we're. Uh, he's walking with you in this journey, so uh, I hope that at least can bring some sense of companionship and uh, and comfort uh, during these days. Well said, my friend. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter, and we're all really just one big family. So until next week, keep noticing your stars, enjoy your freedom to explore life, and just take it one step at a time. <laughs>